Welcome to episode two, a new week for us, for the Gen X guys. As you know, you have Len and JD here, and uh, this week we're going to be focused on sports, similar to what we talked about last week. Each week could be slightly different, but for now... Really original right now. Yeah. I think we have some great... The white guys talking about sports. You know, nobody, nobody does that. Well, we have plenty of topics this week because you have yeah. the NBA kickoff, you have World yeah, Series sure. baseball... Also, you know, again, we're Gen X, so we're going to have our personal opinions over the generations about sports. And one that, if we get to it, I think could be interesting is our sports rig. I think uh, Lena has a great conversation around that one. Um, not sure why. Why me? Why not you? Okay. So well, no, that's, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. NBA so let's talk off. NBA, right? Yeah. So first week, NBA kicked off. You had on Tuesday night, you had the Lakers against denver in a repeat of the western conference finals and then you had the warriors against suns which was you know a close game compared to the laker game yeah. um but most of the games kicked off this week so what, what's been your take so far in the first like four game four days really of games that have gone on anything that's interested you or you thought was people should be aware of as far as how it's looking i don't know i mean for your team and being a Cavs fan and kind of seeing LeBron and all the history I have with him, I, I don't understand how 21 years into his career he can still play at this level. And you can say what you want about him as, you know. 35 minutes the last game, by the way. Yeah, where he ranks and all that shit. But I, I, in terms of just him being an athlete, I, there's just, it's unreal. The longevity that he's had and just, like if there's one record that probably will never be beat is like, how many minutes he's played and everything, you know, given playoff runs and all that type of stuff. It's just, it's unbelievable. But you're starting to see a lot of those same deficiencies in this Laker team that, you know, you've seen in years past, not just with the Lakers, but like even on other teams, when LeBron is there after like a few years, for some reason, it just, the team around him fades. It's, it's been a, a theme that you saw with, what do you mean by fades? Like you're talking about the player skill set, or I don't know, but it's like it's like the contribution from the from the rest of the team, whether it's a skill set or the players that remain after a period of time, just don't contribute after like him being on a team. Ah, they're years. contributing fine. What are you talking about? Give me an example. Really? Give me really? an example. Yeah, For one example. Point. Give me one one example. You're talking about this one. I'm well, talking about the Lakers. I don't give a shit about your Cavs team. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, of course you don't. You only yeah, care about. I the don't. Team. I really don't. So okay. what is it? The Lakers. So what's, the, what's the point differential right now when LeBron's on the court versus? Irrelevant. Do they? Did they That's win? Irrelevant. It's did like a win? fucking 30, 40 point swing. I'm just saying, it's did they unbelievable win? Unbelievable! How big of a swing it still is. I mean, what do you attribute to? I mean, is it? It, it, you can't just say it's their bench, but I mean, he has to be on the court for them to win now. And how sustainable is that? You think for the Lakers going through the season with him? He, I mean, look again. He is what he is, and I, again, you can't take away from the fact that at his age, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But Father Time is undefeated, right? Eventually, it's going to take a toll on him. And even with what he does and how prepared he is and everything like that. Look, he may go through the season again and, and not fade off, but you can't bank on that. I mean, at a certain point, he's going to have to have rest. He's going to have to have games where he's not playing close to 30 minutes. Or right. over I mean, I shouldn't say close, but you know what I mean. How can he sustain that or the Lakers expect him to sustain that through the season? Well, they don't. That was not their intention. They went to 35 because of the first game. They did probably just around 30, 29, 30, and we lost. But I think we lost because, again, AD disappeared in the second half. He really No did. points whatsoever. Um, as far as it goes with the Lakers in general, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's just two games, two games in. But to your point, I mean, LeBron is a big factor, but he, I think it's because AD doesn't take command, and that was more evident in game one. Game two, he put up 30, so... He yeah. showed up was better, and LeBron played more, so maybe that helps a bit. But I think, you know, the team, we have a lot of changes. The Lakers had a lot of changes in the offseason as well, so they still got to figure it out. But enough about the Lakers. I mean, there's other games that went on as well, right? I mean, well, okay, saw, what did you think about Denver? Like the whole idea of was it just the run that they had? I mean, when you look at them, they just seem to pick up where they went. You know, I mean, 
he just seems like he just goes out, oh, I'm going to start playing basketball now. I'm done with my horse racing, and I'm just going to decide to go play basketball now. And he just goes out there and does a triple-double and just acts like it's nothing. I know. When it's you so look bad. at him, on, if you were just looking on a regular court, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this guy's decent. Maybe like, he can play. Basketball, whatever. He just he just gets it. He, he, yeah. he, and I, I've never been a big Jokic fan, but at the same time, I can respect what they do as far as you know his what he puts in his time. I mean, he's definitely in a better state than he was years past, which proved it by last year winning a title. Right, right. He's had the back to back. He's smart. He understands how to pass. He knows how to do everything. So, and he he, he takes the most awkward shots that just don't seem like. I mean, and he's slow when he goes into his shots, but he gets them up, and no one stops him. And it's crazy it's, with it, all that size. To me, it's like he's deliberate when he does it, though. He's He's very, it's it's like that whole thing when, so like going back to like being a Cavs fan, J.R. Smith, the harder the shot was, the more likely he was to make it. When he had time to set, think, and shoot, he would miss and badly a lot of times. Like J.R. Smith is like the total opposite of him, where I think he's just, it's just, he's, he's just relaxed the whole time. That's why he can make it. He never, it's like that, you know, the thing where they say like, there's a lot of players in the NBA who in practice can make 95% of their free throws. But once they get into the game, it drops to like 80%. You know, like it's the moment, the moment never seems to affect him at all. And yeah. I think that's why what we may see is unathletic or casual or whatever. I think it's just, he just plays and he just is relaxed and comfortable, which makes, I mean, it's almost like a Luca type thing. He just goes out there and he does his own thing. Well, let's talk about also the the rookie that got selected this oh, year, Mimbi. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. his first game, they didn't win, and he was okay. He only got six points. He hardly took shots. He only took like four, yeah. if I remember correctly. So he didn't really put. Now he made some good blocks. Yeah, yeah, he got some rebounds, but it was really for the first game. Nerves probably kicked in. He wasn't really really capable of doing a lot in that game. But the second game, he put up over twenty. Right. And had like twelve boards, and so he uh, definitely stepped up. They won, they, and he ended up tying the game late as well. So it's a good step for him. But right. I watched the kid play, and it's like, okay, his sk- his size like, alone was that. He's also just nineteen years old. Well, no, I agree, but he's been playing in adult yeah. leagues over in right, France. Right, I, 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 but still, it's the same thing as Luca. Luca right. played in Barcelona, and so he played for yeah. you know the professional leagues is a young age. And so you can see some of that between the two of them, but I'll be curious to see how Wemby does because, but that's the size and his length, you know, he's going to be able to misdirect a lot of shots, change shots and block a lot. Um, and his rebounding should be pretty easy. Um, well, easy in the sense like he should be able to get in there and get a lot of them, right. but um, yeah. Yeah. it's more health. I'm more concerned about like it, anytime you see a guy like that, like a Sean Bradley in the past, or others who have just been like tall and lanky. Um, even Porzingis, right? Porzingis is another example. Yeah. They, they're, uh, they can only do so much. Yeah. So, well, okay. so we'll see. I, when, when I said 19, I didn't mean it as a negative. On I think him. you did because you're a dick about everything. That's fair. That is definitely fair. But no, I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's like, yeah. There is the whole thing about, I think, to your point about the whole his length. It's he still has growing to do, and you know he is going to be in a more physical environment of the NBA, where you know it's it's just going to be a lot for him to adjust to. But I think as his body matures, he's hopefully he kind of fills out a little bit more with a lot of the training that that he'll do out here. Um, you know, skill set you could see that he has it, but it's just right. And he, to your point, like go from that lengthiness to being like, I mean, look, look at the, I'm not saying that he's going to be like a Shaq and how Shaq ballooned up like, you know, a hundred pounds over his rookie year, but you know, there are going to have to be changes for him to actually make it in the NBA, but he definitely has a skill set. But again, yeah, no, no, when I'm at 19, I just meant that there's that whole thing of he's still growing. Yeah. Feel for it. Yeah. He's still definitely growing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and like I said, he... that was on, um, on kind of now I'm blanking on who they played against. See, this is also another thing with Gen X guys. You're going to see us just forget things because we're old. Yeah, we just don't care. 
um, but it was it was the rookie on on um on You'll Dallas. Get there. Dallas? No. Son of a bitch. They what did, did the first game was against Dallas. You, yeah. You're correct. Yeah. The rookie on Dallas. Rookie on Dallas. I don't remember any real big rookie on Dallas, but no, no, he had a great game. Forget it. It's, gonna... it's fine. Yeah, we, we will. We'll, everybody will forget this even happened. We'll just move on from this conversation yeah, okay, yeah. at this point. But needless um, to say, I didn't catch any of the other games. Any other games call out to you that people should be like interested in? Anything else you found exciting for the first week? The Warrior game kind of started out as expected. It's like Phoenix came out hot and then they faded. It just. I, I don't like that team. I don't like I don't like them that much. You don't like the Warriors team? No, Phoenix. Phoenix won that game. Okay, I am totally Jesus Christ, dude. I, I, gotta, All right. gotta, I apologize to everyone listening. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no. he's just lost it. So Wait, who did the Warriors play the first hold game? Hold on, hold on. Warriors played Phoenix the first game and they That's lost one hundred eight to one hundred four. I asked you. You said Phoenix faded. I'm like, so, but Phoenix won. How could Phoenix have faded if they won? No. Phoenix lost the first game. No, they won 108 to 104 against the Warriors. The fuck? I swear to God, dude. Anyway, it's okay, old man. It happened. They lost the first game 108 to 104 to the Warriors, and they won their next game. Or no, they won their first game 108 104. See, now you got me all backwards and shit. They won their first game 108 104, and then they lost the second game to the Lakers. I'm just backwards then. My mistake. It's fine. It's fine. I think people will understand that you're old, dude. I mean, you're old. There's not much that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. But that that was my point. Like Phoenix with Devin Booker and um, Katie playing, Beal didn't even play. Um, they barely beat the Warriors, who are still figuring out how to pull Chris Paul in, who I think, yeah. I mean, when they first got him, I kind of laughed. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, why'd yeah. you get a small guy? You like need big guys. And they're still going to struggle against big teams like Denver because who's who's going to man up against Jokic? So they're yeah. going to have a tough time. But their shooting's going to be ridiculous, and their smarts on the court will probably what make the difference yeah. because they just beat up the Kings What last night, actually, was the game against the Kings. And that was where Curry put up over 41. Yeah. So that's another team in the yeah. West. I mean, we haven't even talked about the East, by the way. We've just been focused on the West. Yeah. Uh, but... From a the so the Warriors, I think we'll, we'll see over the next couple of weeks where they kind of meld out as far as how they start molding together. And once Draymond comes back, will be big. But then yeah. for the East, I mean, right now you had Milwaukee with Dame winning the game for them against Philly without yeah, Harden. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was an interesting game too. I mean, and Harden, I don't know. I don't know. If, Why if would any team trade for him at this point? Uh well, a couple teams teams well. Clippers are always been the one that's in the mix that want him. But just I mean, for what I mean is it just because you want to win now? Because you can't see him as a long term piece. Correct. And he's not gonna win now. Right. So why would you pick him up unless you it, it's for one or two years with him? Because he does it with every team. Like, you know, after he left, you know, it, it just every team after that seems to be like he's just there. Everything goes good for like a year or two, and then it just falls apart. Yep. And yeah. Worse and worse. Yeah, I guess it's a mental thing. And earlier this week on Dan Patrick show, which I listened to a lot or weekly, yeah. is uh, they had Doc Rivers on, and they asked specifically about Harden versus Ben Simmons. And one thing that Doc brought up, which I thought was interesting, listening to it at the time, was that Harden himself was playing great last season up like the what Philly was best team in uh basketball in the NBA for like the first 30 games. Right. And then, you know, they hit a little road stop, but then the all-star game comes and goes and Harden didn't get selected. And he was leading in points and helping and topping assists and whatnot. And, and from doc's perspective, he's like, he came back, you know, realizing like, I guess it doesn't matter and wanted to, just become more of an individual again. And that's where the team unity lost. And that's where it fell down. So that's the problem. It's like, it, and it happens with a lot of people mentality. You know, you start going into, oh, well, I need to do more now because clearly people don't think enough about me. And you start thinking about yourself for some people as an individual instead of as a team. And that's where you see a lot of these teams break down. 
So, so anyway, that's hard. See, yeah. uh, last night, which game last night? Yeah, Luca. No, I did not. I saw the highlights, yeah. but you caught the game. I caught the game. It was, he just took over. I mean, it was just one of those games where he just, again, he just looks so comfortable and casual about how he shoots and how he plays, but that the defense on him was flawless in the, you know, at, at the end of the game. I mean, they, they were on, they kept on doubled every time he touched the ball. Two guys were on him like immediately. He couldn't drive. He couldn't get any more past the arc, and he does. I like. I think what you said was what like it was almost like a sky hook type, yeah, like a one handed turn and chuck it type of look. Like one of those ones you would see like in elementary school basketball when you know they they just like you know shoot it from like really far and they just kind of take it and they throw it like a, a baseball. You know, he kind of did one of those things, but uh, he off the backboard he made it. Yeah. It, you didn't call glass, though, dude. Shouldn't count. Yeah. If you don't call glass, it doesn't count. That's right. That's right. That's you all I know. Glass. If you don't that's call right, glass. Right. You got to call glass. Yeah. yeah. He's just another one. He just looks so casual when he plays. And there was all that talk about, you know, whether they, they should build around Kyrie or not. Or not. There wasn't a lot of talk, but there were a lot of a lot of the, especially the some of the, you know, ex-NBA players, you know, commentators talking about should they build more around Kyrie than Luca, and it's no. First of all, Luca's in his prime. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Kyrie's, as much as I love him for what he did in Cleveland, he's not He's not a centerpiece for a team. He's just not. Luca is. Well, no, Kyrie should be coming in to just help augment right. him, not take over. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. But I mean, there's a lot to go. I mean, you have the Celtics starting 2 0 again. Right. Um, so they've looked pretty good with Porzingis. Um, you got Oklahoma City, or uh, not Oklahoma City, I'm sorry, Memphis, who started 0-2, and they don't have jaw for at least the first 28 games, I believe it is. I can't remember the exact number, but it's a pretty – it's it's over a quarter of the season he's going to be gone. So we'll see how they play out. Um, but it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see I how like the season goes. Play. I like watching Moran play. So do I. I do. I like his play. I, I do. Unfortunately, he's run into all these situations, which just whether, you know, just, just to make decisions that just present yeah. a bad environment, whether or not it is, that's for other people to figure out. But at least visually, within all you're presented with is a picture of guys holding guns and waving and hearing stories about them yeah, threatening others or getting into fights and whatnot. And again, people get into who had in the fights all the time? It's NBA in the past, like we, I mean, we, I mean, we can kick into this from a generational standpoint, right? There you go. So, nice way. That's unintentional. Yeah, I mean, in the past, it was good. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. For those on the podcast with our video view, I'm changing banners. It's you know, it's it's a great habit here. Just trying to really produce yeah. this well. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, back to the conversation. Sports from a generational view is um, like what I was talking about. Today, players, you know, with the whole fact of like social and whatnot, it's very hard to hide. And this gets brought up in a lot of sports shows, so I'm not going to belabor the point too much. But like I said, back in the day in the 80s, man, when we were watching and the kids are playing or even the professionals are playing, I mean, there's full on like fights and swinging and hockey is a great example of the goons. I mean, one of the best times ever. And that's what's hockey's great, but it kind of disappoints me today because the whole concept of fighting, although I guess it's all illegal if you think about it. I mean, that's assault literally happening on the ice in the past. But um, It was kind of like, no, 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 wait, wait. It, I guess it's like boxing. I mean, I guess everybody accepted fighting in, in that sense, right? It almost was like accepted behavior that this is that, that was hockey. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, guys, I mean, in, in, look, you're a much bigger hockey fan than I am, but I mean, there are guys who I, and I learned this from you and some other people that, you know, there, there are players that simply were on the court or on the ice, backboard, on the ice, who couldn't play hockey. They were just goons. They were just, they barely knew how to skate. And their whole thing was to go in there and just get into a fight. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was it. That's they, to your point. The word goons is specifically what their purpose was. Yeah. They were to come in, protect the star player. So if anybody started messing with their star player, they'd go in and, Make sure they knocked him out or, you know, right. send a message to leave him alone by whether getting into fights or whatnot. So, right. 
but I guess, you know, today's sports, again, with um, social and whatnot, you know, one of the challenges I always have is, and this is the old man in me, I guess, at this point, which is hard to say old man. I, I really don't feel like it, but I guess I am. Look at your beard. By the <laughs> way, yeah, his whole chin's white, in case, you know. Yeah, but just, it's fine. For those it's not all white. It's not as bad as yours. Um, oh, it's just as bad. Stop. All right. Okay. Percentage-wise, we're probably about <laughs> the same or close. Anyway, hey man, ahead. I think it looks good. It's distinguished. I think it looks good. Yeah, distinguished. There we go. There we go. We need all we exactly. So, um, but now I mean, it, you know, rules change over time, and it, it's kind of funny how um, you hear players talking about all oh, the players in the past can't play with them versus players, you know, in the past saying players today would have no chance in the past, and they're not wrong, both in a sense because. Yeah. Although I, I disagree with the concept, and, and also for players today, they might change too. But the difference between the past and today, as far as player and ath- athletes in general, is the training they get, the oh, workouts okay. they do, the hundred percent focus on it. Like these guys playing in the past, who were great, Jordan's, the Birds, Magic, and so forth, Kareem, all those guys. They they played, and they they loved the game, and they played it but they didn't go to like gyms at least through high school, you know, AAUs, things like that and get all this work. And they jumped into a league where you had to be tough. Like they're going to knock you down. There were no like morals. Athletic. Correct. Had to be more physical. And that was something Jordan had to learn to beat the Pistons was he had to get more physical. Yeah. Whereas today, again, it's the rules change. So you can only play within the rules that you're given. Like again, it, it's no shot at them because they're playing within their rules. If they change their rules, then they'd probably be playing differently. Yeah. But the league itself, and it's not the players. I think the league, being oh, the league oh, office, have gotten both. soft. It, it, think about it. It's it's the idea of social media. It's the idea of of the money that they get. I mean, LeBron's a billionaire. I mean, in all these players, the money they get, the money they get for playing isn't isn't where they get most of their income. I mean, think about how many of them are on social media, the, you know, the platforms they have and how many people follow them, how much they have for sponsorships just on social media, let alone the shoe deals and all the other things that come with it. The image that they have to have is not just in the eighties. There was two sets of people that they needed to impress in the eighties was the guys who followed sports and probably women who wanted to get out their athletes. That was it. But right. nowadays they have the whole thing with, with, with look, look at the expansion that all the leagues have had of trying to draw women in. They know that women's half the, you know, the, the population. So they want to get women more involved with it. That's the reason why you see fighting like eliminated is because they didn't want it to be from just these hardcore, you know, people or guys wanting to see this type of stuff they wanted to make sure it was appealing to a much broader audience and right. i mean that's the reason why you've seen that and like that's why you don't see like like taunting anymore you know when you can even go down into things not fighting like taunting or um just a lot of the things that people used to do that were accepted that they don't anymore because again they're trying to appeal to this larger audience and so yeah so the sports is in it but also the players themselves see that revenue if they're I mean, like, going back to John Moran, I mean, he's probably trying to get that, I don't know what you want to call it, street cred or whatever, because if you hear about his background where he actually grew up, that's not how he grew up. He grew up in a, you know, in, in a much different environment than he's trying to portray right now. Right. Then- well, if, if you're young, though, and to your point, and to that point specifically, when you're young, you grew up a certain way, and then you well, see I- another way of how things happen. And it's yeah. exciting sometimes. Like you want, oh, dude, I didn't get to do that. Or this is cool. Let's go try this. And so you wanted to that when you were younger. Like you saw other people doing that and you only saw the 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 glamour side, I guess you can say, right? Or whatever. And you wanted yeah. to emulate. Yeah. Or you just, again, it's just people you run into or just things people do. It's like people pick up drinking or smoking or things like that. Some of the yeah, times yeah, yeah. it's more just because others are doing it. And so because others are doing it, I should be doing it. And it's the follower mentality a lot of times. And so right. that's where 
you know, some players or and not just players. This is just the youth. Even adults still do this too, right? They yeah. they tend to get this faller mentality, and so, so. But and to your point, yeah, a lot of it's social. They're trying to be big, and with all the money out there, there's so much they have to do. They have to maintain this image if they want to continue to pull in the money because no one's going to represent them, Nike or others, unless they do these sort of things. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the past, that was not a concern. I mean, if there were fights on the court as long as they were wearing a Nike brand. Fantastic. You know, it's like it, the rules change. The rules change. And I guess back to that whole point, it's like the, the leagues themselves, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, it's less about the players changing to make it soft. Okay. Um, although we could get into, you know, football itself, European football, the actual or soccer for American fans. Oh, um, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, is that there's this, the league has created this sense of softness because the rules are always fo- like NFL yeah. defense can't do anything like legitimately can't do anything like a cornerback touches yeah. a guy and suddenly he's considered, uh, you know, it's a penalty. And this one pisses me off the most, by the way. And I still get irritated by this call right. on okay. the defensive side. So if the defense gets called for pass interference, it's spot, and this is for the NFL, not for college, but for oh, right, right. NFL specifically. Right, if right. you get called for pass interference, then what happens is you're going to get the ball wherever the pass interference took place at and a first down. If you hold them, you know, at any point prior to breaking free before oh, the yeah. pass, that's a five-yard penalty and an automatic first down. Right. So the defense always gets screwed no matter what. So here's my thought. This is what they need to do. That's on the offensive side, they need to flip that. If you want to make it competitively fair, yeah. if offense gets called for offensive pass interference, they lose a down, and it's minus 15 yards. Okay, okay, and, okay. The first and, is- hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm in a mindset right now. And if they fucking hold, it's a loss of downs, just cheating bastards, let the cornerbacks have a chance. Anyway, go ahead. The way that they appeal to most of the audience, again, similar to thing about fighting, is they want scoring. They don't want. They don't care about defense. Well, okay, let me ask you a question. Like when everybody sees like a defensive game, like the the Super Bowl with with um, with the Rams in the Pats, right? It was the Pats, right? Yeah. The Rams was. Yep. Everybody says that was the worst Super Bowl ever, right? People will say that. Not a lot. Of, not everybody, but a lot of people think it was like the worst. Why? Because it was it wasn't high score. Because Pats won. That's why. I don't even know why you're asking that, that question. Okay, that, a lot of people probably say that, but no, no, it's because it was a defense one. People hate defensive games. They don't respect it. But if you look at oh, one of the greatest games ever was was a Rams and and Chiefs when it was like 45, 42 or whatever, like that insane score was. That they were just nonstop. You talking about last year's Philly Chiefs game? No, 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 no. I'm talking like four or five years ago. I think it was when oh, Dolphins regular season Dolphins. game. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But everybody says, "Oh, that was like the greatest game." No, well, because it it's fantasy game. football, dude. That's, but that's what I mean. The league only cares about appealing to as broad of an audience as possible, and what people want to see is scoring an offense. Period. All of these <laughs> rules are not for player safety. They don't care about player safety. They care about making what. They don't care about player safety. They only care about look. A team is not going to be good without I, look. Look, look at the Patriots. Anybody that thinks that Belichick is still not a great head coach is is fooling himself. GM, okay, I can maybe agree with that. No great coach is going to be do well without a great quarterback. Every dynasty had the combination of a great coach and a great quarterback. Okay, that's specific. You're saying dynasty, but even a winning Super Bowl team does not have to have a great quarterback. Which is an exception, though. Is that the rule? Is it an the- exception? Think yeah. how many times that's happened. Okay. Are you talking about, like, the, the Ravens? Talking the about- they usually have to have a, 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 an amazing defense with a really strong running game for that Of course. Team. If you have a bad quarterback, you need that defense. How many times has those teams in the 80s on up have won with that type of formula? Versus oh. ones that have a, uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach. I'm just saying it's not it's not proven. Yeah, like, I didn't a great coach. And I disagree I that Belichick's still a great coach. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. He is not a great coach. How 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 do you say that? 
Okay, last season alone, his greatness was to get two defensive coordinators to become offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that he's not having a lull, but if you look at <laughs> he's his, not having a lull, dude. That's like what he's done since he's been a coach in the NFL. He lost with Cleveland. Lost with Cleveland. But he was on the upswing when he left. And trust me, was he? Why did he leave then? He didn't leave because he was going to take the Patriots' job. He left to go coach with the Jets. He got fired because they were moving the team, and they wanted to go in a different. That's right. They moved the team to Baltimore to where they are today. Thank you. That's all I need to hear, everyone. He just admitted it. They moved the team. Go on. Sorry. Should we we move something else? You know what? Let's move to another conversation because I think, from a generational standpoint. There's going to be differences. I don't consider him a, one of the greatest of all times. I think he's lived a long time. He's had a great career as a coach, but a lot of it's Brady because Brady went and clearly won without him. So, and he's been the crapper since. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Are you going to say the first three are because of Brady? Yeah, he maintained three. control of the ball. Yeah. Really? You're really yeah. going to say that the first I am. three wins? I am. I, I'm not repeating. Dude, am I repeating myself here? I just said I'm yes. Asking, I'm asking I, and I said yes. Brady. I said yes. Okay, fine. Sweet. Thanks. Yes. Brady transformed into an all-time great quarterback. He did. Over time. Correct. First three, but those first three Super Bowls were, you can't say that Brady was the main, the, the driving factor for those. No, there was you had to have a good running game. You had to have a strong defense. It was a good team, right? So fine. In that case, Belichick, ran that team? who ran the team, Brady did. What about the defenses that he he coached over in in New York on the Giants? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's not a great defensive coordinator. He's a well, defensive coordinator is what? What do they call him again? What are defensive coordinators called again? Coach. Defensive coordinators, you just said that. They're, they're coaches. They're called defensive coordinators. Look at his lineage. They're not head coach. Stop. Stop it. And the head coach. Stop. He's an all-time great. Period. End of discussion. We can move on now. Look. He's a great coach. It's easy to say I'll right that. now. We're going to that. Team Fine. That- Here's my question to you right off the bat. Okay. Everything else aside, top four greatest coaches of all time, go. Paul Brown. Okay. I'll give you that. Bill Walsh. Okay. Belichick, and now you have to say Andy Reid. Wow. So Lombardi doesn't get dick? No. Huh. Interesting. How about Shula? Longevity. Are I you think- literally giving it to Belichick just because they won all the Super Bowls, not because he actually changed the game? To well, a me, lot of it plays in spite of Who changed the game? Who changed the game is the big thing for a lot of these coaches. Um, Bill Walsh. Belichick didn't change shit. Bill Walsh so- and Paul Brown. Paul Brown, yes, I'll give you that. Those are the top two, right off the bat. I'm 100 percent with and you. And they have nothing to do with that. They're my two favorite teams, either. Nothing, zero. No, I don't disagree. Bill Walsh's offense schemes are still being used today. Right, his concepts are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everybody uses it, specifically the successful ones. Andy Reid, you know, yeah. um, Shanahan. All of them are using it. Where his tree started. I mean, it's. Oh yeah, you can root it all the way back to him. Exactly. And you still follow a very similar formula. Yeah. Yeah, it's it works. It, it works. Evolved. Exactly, it works. But yeah, to me, the other the other two are Shula. Shula's one. Shula's one. No, no, no. I'll give you Shula. Why would you say Lombardi though? Lombardi, because he is the one who won what six straight years heading into the Super Bowls, and he left. He just left. He didn't leave, and they suddenly, or he didn't lose, and they suddenly left. He left at the top. So, and he made a change to the game. He's the one that brought it to the forefront. To where yeah, the NFL could actually move forward and join with the AFL and create what's today's NFL. To an extent, but I, I still want to say that he's, I mean, it's fine. That's the beauty okay. of these things. We're well, going to disagree. What, what, did, what did he do to actually push that, except for having that team? What do you mean, what did he do? Lombardi? I mean, what, did he innovate? what did he really innovate? I, I, I can say at that same time period, Paul Brown innovated the forward pass, things like communicating sure. with the quarterback. A lot of things that Paul Brown did laid the foundation, like scouting and a lot of the things that he did were foundations for the NFL. You can go back and look at, again, and Bill Walsh attributes what he did to Paul Brown, to him being when they when they're, during their time in Cincinnati. So, of course, you know, being a Browns fan, I, I live in the past like we have to. Um, you at least admitted they moved. No, I didn't. 
Yeah, you did. It's on this. It's fine. People can go it's back. Like, not even five exactly. minutes ago. Five exactly. minutes ago. Nope. The, the anyway. Name, everything stayed in Cleveland. So Bye -bye. what about, okay. So where do you put I would say, well, well, I would say Lombardi? I, I, I just think Lombardi is, is a quote machine and all that stuff. And he had a legendary team, but I, I just. Yeah, but I he had a legendary he dynasty, a legendary dynasty. Okay. This is not right. just a team. I know, it was a dynasty. What did he innovate except for having that team? So, okay. So then we want to change what the dynamics are of this conversation. I just asked you what your top four were. Now you want to say, well, they have to have innovated. If they didn't innovate, then they don't count. As a coach, what did he really do? What, like, why would he be considered great except for his teams having superior talent and winning? You know, this is also the time where, like, look, let's let's go back to the '80s. You know, where teams could just, you know, buy a team, kind of like how the Yankees do now, and still lose. Um, but. Yankees don't buy things. It was Yankees easy don't buy. To, to kind of amass a team like that and keep it together. So was it? Look, we go on forever. Okay, we're going to agree to disagree. Let's just go that route. Okay, okay there's nothing's going to change. Okay. I will ask you this though: Would you put Tom Landry in your top ten? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. How about? Uh, um, the Cowboys. Yeah, I think you had to bring Landry into that. Definitely. I think he's iconic. Yeah. To your point, like that's very I iconic. Would say Lombardi, I would say, like, I think I would give him that where, yeah, I, I would put him above a Lombardi to me. And even though I, like you said, he was just steady and he was iconic in that way. We lost you. You're gone. I'm here. I'm here. There you go. We're, we're, okay. Sorry. Can you no. hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. I was there the whole time. Yeah. My camera went off briefly. It's a fine. It doesn't matter. In a podcast, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just keep going. It's fine. I but again, in so let's see what other coaches like. Who else would you put in there in that in that top ten then? For the top ten, I mean, I, again, I'm that's why I'm asking. I mean, there's so many I coaches. I, I can't. I, I would say Andy Reid because yeah, I, I, I look back at what he did in Philadelphia when he was there, right? I um, McNabb was an above average quarterback in the things that he did with that team and how consistently they won. And then he came into even because you can't just say now that just because he had Mahomes, that team was playing at that level with Alex Smith. Maybe not okay, no, not at that high of a level that they did when Mahomes came in. But it's not like he like Mahomes came into a four and eight team and all of a sudden turned them around. They were a playoff team the year before. It just Andy. I mean, there were, how many questions were there when Andy Reid decided to let go of Alex Smith and go with Mahomes? People thought he was crazy for doing it, but it was obviously it was the right decision. So that's why I. I mean, I think it's you have to put Andy Reid up there now for what he's done. But so, like, who else would you have in your top ten? Who would be the next one? Well, I mean, it's hard because you try to think back historically too, right? Like, you're going to have other ones like Bill Parcells is another one. Right, what did Bill Barcells do? He ended up getting, you know, the Giants a couple Super Bowls for a team. You yeah. know, um, you also have some others like uh, Mike Johnson. Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's father. Yeah, he innovated off of Bill Walsh's offense, he did. which is still used by a lot of teams today. And he didn't. And he, you could say that he, well, you know, he had Elway, but and Mike Holmgren, another example, Mike Holmgren. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit more in the focus on the '80s and '90s, apparently. Um, no Really? With the coaches I'm calling, at least the coaches that are popping in my mind immediately. Um, Jimmy Johnson, like I said. Like Hank Stram. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of great coaches. It's hard to come with just your top 10, but, but yeah, it's, it's hard because it's like, again, with, there's so many things that go on with a team and the eras and everything that they do. It's like, you know, when you look at um, like the air raid system and all these innovations that you saw, you know, People may not use those exact concepts now, but I mean, there's so many coaches that had an impact on the league. And I mean, and then that's just, right. we're talking about NFL right now. That's you true. Know, we didn't even go into others. Like from a basketball standpoint, there's so many coaches out there. Right. Red Arbach, who was the orchestrator of the Celtics for decades. Right. You have Pat Riley. Yeah. Phil Jackson. You know, um, you have, yeah. um, Oh my goodness! Why am I forgetting the head coach of the Pistons for the Bad Boys? Oh yeah, yeah, he's a great coach as well. Um, and then you got Pop, 
now. You know, yeah. Steve Kerr has now won four as a head coach as well. Um, you even have uh, Spolstra, who's done a good job with Miami. He's probably the one that surprised me the most. Because you kind of looked at him as like, is he just having success because they got the big three? But he's he's been a lot more consistent than I expected. You know, it's like yeah. he kind of brushed him off for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, he's just there and he's just a puppet with Riley and, and LeBron. But he showed that he's not. It's actually, I, Although really, he hasn't won a title without it. So true. he's gotten but him there. Again, but then again, you have to look at like that string. Nobody won a title during – nobody besides – the Warriors and LeBron have won that many titles in the last 15 years. You know, it's kind of what it is. I mean, when you look at that stretch, it's like, it's like everybody talking about like, you know, Jordan during his six year stretch, right? That, that time it was like, well, did he have competition? It's like, did it, was it cause he didn't have competition or was it because he just was winning everything? You know, yeah. you didn't have those teams or nobody cares about him because you only care about the winner a lot of times. Yeah, and they won six in like eight years. Yeah, but that's because he took time off for baseball. And well, and then we got to talk about your coach. You know, his coach yeah. there, right? Yeah, look what he did. I mean, he goes to the Lakers, but then you could say, well, then he has two, you know, top five players of all sure. time after he he loses you, Jordan. You can definitely say that. And then all you have to do is bounce back and go look at other coaches who coached them prior to that, mm-hmm. and still didn't get the same effect. So there is something said about. Those coaches, but but I always say that look, coaches can only do so much, right? But it's it's you have to look at coaches to me as like, do they maximize? Do they get the most out of it? And he obviously did. You know, I mean, with how many rings he's won, and I think that's I think that's even like Kerr. Like, if Kerr had a different team, would he be that good of a coach? Does that that, does his coaching style and how he kind of saw the three come up? It worked with what he had. Like he was able to adjust. It's a fair point. It's hard to say for some of these because they've never really for Curry came into a good team. Mark Jackson set up a great team or these foundation for a great team. Couldn't bring him to the next level. Also, Curry was how many ankle issues that Curry had before. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, a lot of this plays into it too. Health, injuries, those sort of things. That's true in all sports. I mean, you get health and you know, you get injuries. A great team suddenly becomes an okay team because maybe lost two top stars. And it's it's a struggle now. They're out, right? So you you just got to play through all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can go on there. But I do want to jump into the next one, which is still on the sports side. Like, and you've asked this before. Like, looking at some of these things, do we consider sports a rig? Now, taking let's talk about wrestling. Professional wrestling is storyboarded. Is how I look yeah. at it. It's yeah. not. I wouldn't say. They to put no effort in. Those guys work their ass off to sell that and do yeah. all the work they do. Yeah, but it is still rigged in the sense they know who's going to win. That's not but, rigged though, to me. That's scripted. Rigged correct. So I'm gonna say it's rigged. But anyway, that I aside, know, that I, aside, I, I, I don't, don't want to talk about that. But yeah, yeah. have it. It's it's scripted from the top down. Absolutely, correct. everybody knows it and they don't hide it. So correct. no, that's why I don't think it's. Well, rigged. I would say everybody knows it. There are plenty of fans out there who truly believe. This is reality, and don't recognize that it's a story. Yeah, and that's hopefully a very, very small minority. Hopefully, because it'd be really scary to think that people actually think. I mean, like you said, the pain that they go through, the shit that they do to to the training that they do, and what they put their bodies through is. I mean, like I, I don't know if you know this, but like you know, remember Diamond Dallas Page? Like he has this whole big thing where he has like a yoga program. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Help rehab. Like he did it to rehab himself, but he's helped a lot of professional wrestlers who destroyed their bodies for the sport. And it is a sport. I mean, like you could say that it's oh, yeah. whatever. Without a doubt. They have to be athletic. By the way, we have to do a show of what we consider not to be sports that are called sports. That's, but that's for another week. That's Go on. But yeah, but I mean, look, that's the reason why I'll say that it's not right. It's scripted. It, it's it, that's. Intended from the top down. And I guess when I say is sports rigged, and the question I have for you is there's definitely an influence that, that goes on because of, of betting. And that was on before today. But when I say rigged, it's to me, I had to say that it's again a top down thing. Is it coming down from the league? Like the whole thing about the Patriots, people would always say that 
they had preferential treatment. Does the league itself say, give them the calls? We want them to win. Is the league saying that? Or is there just a bias? So, I mean, there's a difference between it actually being rigged where they're saying, no, we're going to, like, how? what levels do you say? Is it like WWE where they basically say, no, the script for this year is this. They're going to win, period. The Browns are going to lose every game again, blah, blah, blah. That's a script. That's the Browns are going to lose. <laughs> right? I love how it always comes full circle back yeah, to your yeah, team. Yeah. There you go. But no, no. Or is it like, you know, they're they're going to influence the games. They're going to say, hey, we want this team to get more calls versus this team. Well, or I, and I don't know if bias or do we, yeah. do we mistake and, bias to being rigged? Yeah, and I don't th- that's a good point, right? So as a fan, when calls don't go your way, it's rigged. Right. Uh, it's, it's fact. It 100%. is what it is. Like the refs that's are right. one-sided. They're only pulling for this one team. So like you, you, can see you don't look at the whole thing. You just look at that moment in time right and how it impacts your game. Like, right for instance, we'll last week's game. Time. Yeah, I mean, last week's game. The We'll use your Browns, for example, because it's probably one of the more interesting calls. Yeah. Not necessarily the first one was wrong, but the second one was interesting. It's like, when do refs determine when they want to really apply the rule of law? Right? Sure. Because they don't. Like, there are times I see offensive linemen on every pass play, usually the tackles, jump back before the ball snapped every time that's a false start yeah that why isn't being called right so they don't call it basketball they're man those guys are traveling all day they they tried last year yeah yeah they tried last year and they started calling it early on and then they kind of laid off of it because they realized if we do that we're just the game's going to get slower and so and scoring's going to get lower right now there are historically we know now that was it Donahue was betting on games and would make slight wow. calls that would impact for him as a gambler to hopefully win that game. So that's obvious. That, but see, I don't see that as being rigged. I see well, that, that one. I consider to be more rigged because he was rigging it for himself. Right. But that's that very, means, that's a unique that's case. Sports is rigged. Right. Right. That means somebody has an undue influence on the game. Yeah. I don't think sports are rigged as much as to your point, like, there's different ways you look at it. It's the is it really rigged where they're pulling for just one team, like the Patriots yeah. who win every Super Bowl, or you know whatever it might be, um, yeah. or is it more that the refing is just so inconsistent and poor that it's hard not to get that sense of they're pulling for the other team because they will sometimes fool for you'll see f- penalties happen more towards one team than another, and it's not it's human nature. Although they're supposed to be impartial, they're supposed, but they're human. They're human emotionally. They can't. Well, you know, I I look at it this way again, coming back to the Browns, but even other teams that you see that are historically bad. I don't think we get benefit of the doubt. I think that there are a lot of times just assume that we fucked up, that we screwed up, that it's something like that. So I don't think, I don't think bad teams get benefit of the doubt. Like my my. Two of my sons have this thing where, um, I don't know if you remember this with Jordan when he was playing, but he complained about a non-call, and the referee goes, I didn't see it, but I believe you, and they called the foul. I don't know if you remember that, but it literally, like, they had the mic on the ref, but the ref basically say, oh, I didn't see it, but, Mike, I, I believe believe you, so I'm going to call the foul. Well, yeah, so it's the superstar scenario, right? So, like, a Brady, and a, the NFL literally changed rules for Brady. Now, because the, the rule, what happened to them, impacted their belief that they need to change the rules. Yeah. Now, again, by the way, we talk about all this, and tomorrow we'll watch football games, we'll see some things happen, and we'll instantly we'll go to this, and fucking refs are just pulling for this team. But that aside, that's the emotional side. But just looking at logistically, or logically, um, you know, the NBA, you're right, superstars. Superstars get preferential treatment. It's a fact. It's not even a doubt. But when they don't get it, and another star does, that's when the team start yapping at the refs, going, "Dude, you can't do it for one and not the other." The that's not team, when people automatically, so like you said, when it's their team or against them or against an outcome they want. I mean, it's funny when you see people really complain about it, then you find out that they lost money on it. And you're like, right. "Okay, that, that's where you're complaining." From. Yeah, and that happens well, a lot. And yeah, but basketball, I think, is much more in line with this whole 
favoritism oh, because yeah. you're talking to the refs. You're interacting with them all game. So it's easier to see why rookies don't get as much love as a, you know, all-star. Oh, yeah. Although there's times where refs just assume you're just a magician. And so you probably never got fouled, even though you're getting hacked going in. I've yeah. seen this plenty of times in the past, whether it was yeah. Curry who goes in there all the time and never gets a single call. Now, sometimes he's actually not getting hacked and his way of finishing can sometimes lead to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of times he is, he doesn't get any calls in some well, games. Shaq. Yeah. Well, yeah, with yeah, Shaq. Yeah. yeah. I they, mean, they just let it go because he's so big. They're like, well, you're just too big. Like, it's come on. No, that's not how it works. I, I Le, LeBron did the same thing. And I mean, yeah. I think he took it to an extreme and he, but he played the league. I, I, I don't, I you play the rules that are given to you. I don't hate him for flopping. I hate the fact that the league allowed it. Exactly. I don't hate him. But look, if he's on your team and you're not flopping, I mean, I, I honestly, you can't hate a player for that. I may not respect it. I mean, he probably feels dirty for it, but, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't know if he feels dirty because he's playing within the rule, to your point. If the sure. league's not going to do anything to stop, it's just like cornerbacks. Well, cornerbacks yeah. know that they'll actually hold a receiver probably 90% of the time in the game, but they'll only get called maybe 10% of the so time in the game. That's what the Seahawks used to do in the past with the yeah. Legion of Boom. They straight up said it. We know we'll get – we do it all the time because they're only going to call it every once in a while. Refs just aren't consistent. They wouldn't – if they did, they then – They were aware that they were – they would knew, know when to do holding and when not to do pass interference, which is a major – like you like you brought up earlier, it's a major right. difference. That, yeah, five yards and a first, automatic first down is huge, but pass interference is automatic first down and whatever the yardage is. That, exactly. There's a, there's a difference in that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So I don't think anything's rigged per yeah. se. I, I just think it's a, it's to your point, there's leagues or uh, sports that are scripted. Um, there's also human interaction where they get biases. There's also, there's always going to be refs just being bad refs. I mean, the last game for the Niners and the, uh, and, um, God. The problem is with the NBA in terms of like, how refs can also like they can throw a guy out they can throw a guy out for no reason i yeah. mean there was that one time where what um tim duncan got thrown out of game for laughing yeah i mean and again you're sitting on the bench and you laughed and got kicked out i mean how are they allowed to do that right and i would say baseball is from worse. a from a sport uh, standpoint from an umpire yeah that's when we're again they know each ump has a different strike zone. Like they will, and pitchers know this too. Like right. some ump, nobody's consistent. So that creates a problem already. And now they have the ability to use actual, um, you know, computers yeah. and technology to help determine that zone. And they don't need umps behind there anymore. They can actually move umps out. What about Andrew Rodriguez? You know, that guy who, or not Rodriguez, uh, Hernandez. Hernandez, yep. Who like he has no strike zone. He just decides whether he wants it to be a strike or not. Pretty much, yeah. I always love watching the games when they're on ESPN and they show the box and you can see where the ball's not even close to in, and he's like called a strike. And then the players get pissed and they get tossed because they talked back for a bad call that was clearly a bad call, a horrible call. And yeah. but, but the union protects him a hundred percent. How he's still able to absolutely, do that. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, so yeah, I, I don't think to your point. I mean, it's. It's going to come down to bias. It'll come down to personal opinion. As fans, we're emotional, so everything's rigged. If it doesn't go for our team, that's just a fact of life. Um, I'll say this. If, if you think it's systemically rigged, like the league actually says that type of stuff, and you still watch it. Well, yeah, then you're contributing to the problem. Yeah, then, then you have nothing to complain about. Yeah. If you do it, like it, it's, it's just you don't like the outcome. Correct. But I don't think it's rigged. I mean, I think that... Can you imagine if if the, the bigger the secret, the harder it is to keep? Oh, you I know, know. It, it'd leak out. Yeah, someone someone in the league would be pissed, would have gotten fired, and would have leaked it if that were truly the case. Players, you think would accept that? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're but getting yeah, paid millions. They're getting paid millions. You pay them enough, people will just go with it if they know it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, but what if you're? What about those those eighty percent of the players that don't get paid like that? They get cut. Yeah, but then they would talk. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. Nah, that I'm really wrong. I agree with you. I know. It's not rigged. I agree. It's rigged. 
and you still follow and root for your team and spend money on 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 the league, then you're an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry, exactly. but you're, you're an idiot if you actually look. Like I said, I'm not saying that I don't think it's not. There's some bias, or there's some. And I hope nobody out here takes this personally. Huh? That's fine. Anybody listening, you're calling everybody idiots, but you know, oh, yeah. not, well, not well, people listen. It's systemically rigged from the league down, and that everybody knows that the script is in, and everybody just follows it like WWE. If you think yeah. that, yeah, you're an idiot. Okay, I think we've killed this one to death. So we did talk about baseball and the whole concept of the strikes and fouls and the umps and that yeah, yeah, yeah. But let, let's actually just finish up i got one more thing i want to talk about before we finish up here is world series so the world series kicked off yesterday actually because this is Saturday we're doing this by the way so it's friday night. who actually cares i actually watched the game yesterday yeah and that was going to be my question it's like a game i really enjoyed it i wish so, i liked baseball more i honestly wish i had the patience for baseball i don't i i don't usually have the patience to watch baseball it's just, I guess my question for this was more around, to your point, like, yes, who watched it? And it's like, do we feel the challenge with baseball for me? And this may be true to some degree with the Super Bowl, because I feel like numbers for Super Bowls go up and down based on teams in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, heading into this, you in the you know championship series for each in both National and American League, yeah. you had, of course, the possibility, you know, Houston and Texas and Texas went out. Fantastic. Right. Love Bruce Bochy, by the way. Yes, I'm a diehard right. Giants fan, so I'm still pissed he's gone. Right. And he's doing exactly what he did with the Giants. Yep. The other was, of course, you had um, the uh, Diamondbacks and um, Philly. And right. Philly had a 3-2 lead and blew it. Yep. So, you know, you hear when the finals were set and everything's in place, people, were, you know, this discussed like, oh, well, probably won't be as exciting. Who really wants to watch Arizona against Texas? Versus had it been potentially a Houston-Philly uh, run again. Yeah. And personally, I disagree. I think if you really want to solve for this whole locational thing and getting the right teams in there, then why don't you change the American National League to be East Coast and West Coast? Yeah. Because that's what they're really talking about. They feel like if there's no East Coast team there, then it's not worth watching. Yeah, it's, it's always been the case. Yeah. I think that it goes on with, with all sports. It's like there always is that whole thing of like, you know, you want to make sure that you get New York involved or somebody in the Northeast involved. They always, right. they always want to have that. Yeah. Always want East it. versus West. I mean, let's just put it what it is. Let's call it what it is. It's East versus West. That's well, why the NBA gets it right. East versus well, okay. West. Yeah, having said that, though, I mean, that kind of goes back to even our thing about it being rigged. If, if that's what the league wants, but they didn't get it. it kind yeah, of I don't think this is rigged. This has nothing to do with being rigged, though. This is just. No, no, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they wanted, wanted, I agree. If baseball wanted them to call strikes a certain way, yeah. But I'll I'll say this. I mean, I I think for me though, it's the league's not going to change that because as much as the the one group that they can't alienate is the traditionalists, the hardcore followers who have games on throughout the whole year, who go to the games, who actually follow it. I mean, yeah. It upticks during this time of the year because of people like me who finally will watch because it's the best against the best, you know, the best pitching. You, know, you have those battles. And by the way, I, I, I absolutely love pitching battles, you know, against like just pitchers against good batters. It's, it's to me, it's one of the best things in sports. And yeah. throughout the year, you don't get it as often as you want. And so me being just, but that's why it's like when you see with baseball, you see such an uptick in viewership because you're starting to see that stuff. Yep. They're never going to change the – they have a hard time changing the sport because the traditionalists, I mean, they don't want that change. Agreed. I mean, can you imagine changing American National League? That yeah, be- it's fine. They, they're getting, they've they given up on designated hitter, and they're doing that, so it's fine. You just you just do it, and eventually people come to it, whether they hate it or not. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, you just force it. Uh, so last thing, because we're wrapping up here, one final question for you. You watched the game last night. Who do you think is going to win it? I don't know. Well, who do you want to win it based on what I, you I, saw? I'll just be honest. I don't know enough about each team and their pitches. Because, I mean, like the team losing, you know, the one thing about baseball, it's all about pitcher and, and batter matchups, right? You know, it, it's all it comes down to. So it, it, it depends on, you know, who like with all these things where where teams will drop certain leads in in a series, it's 
a lot of it has to do with the pitcher matchups. And I, I don't know enough about each team's uh, bullpens and everything to be able to say. I really That's don't. Fine. Well, I'll yeah. say I want Rangers to win primarily because I love Bruce Bochy and I'd like to see him win another one. That's so. That's a that's a good reason. I, I, I you yeah, know what? I mean, that's that's my choice. And I'm plus, the Diamondbacks are, yeah, and the Diamondbacks are in the yeah. Giants division, so I don't want to see them win one. So it is what it is. Um, no, I, I, that's fair. Awesome. I, I can totally go with that. There you go. Well, great. Well, uh, appreciate everybody listening this week. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. you enjoyed what you heard. Um, I, I actually remember how games transpire next time, and you know, don't have old uh, man memory. Yeah, exactly. And uh that's well, gonna happen. So you know what if you don't like it, then you can just not listen because it's gonna happen. You gotta stop saying that. People will leave. Yeah. Uh, well, sure subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe to our, our channel and uh pass it around. We'll, yeah. and we'll be back next week with yet another fun topic, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, have a good one. We'll just ramble. There we go. All right. Are we done?